Hey, Amanda. Hey, Tommy. Hey, I have some bad news. No. This wealthy guy in town wants to knock down all our houses and build a country club. But I, I may have a solution to save us. What is it? I think there's a buried treasure or like a ship. Are we in the goondocks? We are in the goondocks, and we're going to talk about the goonies. Yes, finally. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And can we talk about? Hi, I'm Kyle. Can We Geek About is a new podcast from Gotham West. Each week, JJ and I will delve into the geekier side of pop culture, from our favorites in science fiction and fantasy to new releases and even maybe rag on some absolute flops. We promise that even if you don't like what we have to say, you'll like how we say it. But anyway, can we geek about? Did you really need me here for this? I just needed a ride. (sighs) Can we geek about? Give us a listen, subscribe or follow, wherever you get your podcasts. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What do you want? Lots of water. Four waters. Is that all? Yes. No. I want the Vila Scalopin. I want a good chimney of fresh. A bottle of Villachina in 1981. The only thing we serve is tongue. You boys like tongue? <laughs> talk about the goonies oh, i love the goonies probably my favorite movie as a kid easily i yeah no this is the movie that raised me yeah <laughs> i would say that this is the movie that like instilled that sense of adventure that anything is possible when you're a little kid and i do you feel like it has your you you've we actually just talked about this your son has seen the goonies and loves it as well right yes absolutely so it transcends generations yeah, yeah. I, was, I can't imagine a kid who doesn't love this movie. It, it's just because it, you know what it is. It's uh, to to start off a little bit to the the movie starts off and like obviously like, you know, the kids have parents and you definitely see them at the end of the movie. But for the most part, it's a synopsis of like what you always talk about, like that latchkey kid yeah. kind of mentality of like the 80s and 90s where these kids are out on their own on their own adventures. You know, like mom and dad are at work, completely oblivious to the world. And these kids are out having their own adventures. And this is the biggest adventure. Like of all time. It probably solidified my view that like you can find treasure anywhere. 
I just feel like that was such like innately in every kid growing up in the late 80s, early 90s that like you there's treasure abound everywhere. Like there's yeah. treasure in your yard. There's treasure in the creek behind your house. There's treasure everywhere. Yeah. And this movie made me like, duh, I was right. Yeah. But do you, have you. OK, so I rewatched it and of like we yeah. do. Yeah. The whole synopsis of how this movie starts and why this adventure starts is because all of their homes are being foreclosed on yeah. and they're trying to save their parents' homes. Yep. I totally forgot that dark piece of information. Did you really? Like, I think I just focused on the... Ha- I don't know. I just remember I, I was rewatching it. I was like, oh my God, this is so much darker than I remembered. A lot like yeah. it was for me with Ferris Bueller's. It was just so, yeah. so much darker than I remember. Well, I mean, we grew up in that HBO kind of generation, too. So, like, when this was on TV, you just kind of turn it on. You don't watch it on VHS, necessarily. And so, you just Very start true. the movie where yeah. you turn the TV on. And uh, there's a lot of movies I have that are like that, where I almost, like, forgot the beginning. And, like, and and what's crazy, too, is rewatching this. I, I forget what the actual, like, like time is as far as, like, when you get there. But um, I was almost astounded by how much time like the beginning of the movie is before they even get on their bikes and kind of begin the adventure. Because um, as a kid, I was like, Oh yeah, I was going to get past that part. I'm going to get to the, the fun part where they're like having yeah. an adventure. But the part at Mikey's house and everything is like a good 20, 25 minutes of the, like of a, you know, of the movie. Like it's a, it's a lot of time they spent at the house too. But I, I love almost the forgot. scene. I perfectly explained that you perfectly explained that because I remember what, Again, when I was rewatching, it, I was like, yeah. I thought like the party happened a lot sooner. Like I thought this was a yeah. blip, but like yeah. the whole way that they even open the fence for Chunk when he's down there after they yeah. get him to do the truffle shuffle and it like, you know, the thing drops and it's like all these, you know, yeah. elaborate tra- like mousetrap. They essentially have yeah. mousetrap to even open the gate. It that is a long scene for what yeah. it does. <laughs> Just like I'm watching it. And I remember like yeah. even now I'm like this is so cool how did they even think of yeah. this but I remember as a kid watching I was like oh this is amazing yeah it's a pretty long scene just that yeah. whole one little section is you know you'd think it's a 10 15 second blip no that goes on yeah yeah well what's funny too is like the entire like so when the kids are sitting there and they're kind of mourning what's about to happen they start going out up to the attic and they play around in the attic and like just the the genesis to how we get to the the restaurant on like the weird like and that's the thing too is i've been to the west coast i've been to oregon like the setting for like a restaurant in the middle of nowhere on the top of like a cliff almost is so alien to me even to this day um but just like the kids going out and doing that and obviously like you know josh brolin in there who's like super i mean he's still a teenager he's older than the other kids but josh brolin and you know, his whole shtick with like watching his kids and getting tied up. And the beginning of the movie is, is often overlooked, but it's a, it's, it's an interesting, I don't know. Like it's a little time capsule of like the eighties and like, Oh yeah. Kid, it lays so much kid. groundwork. Yeah. 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 I agree. And you know, it's funny you bring that up because I think we forget, like we talk about how legendary the Goonies is. Like if, let's yeah. backtrack really fast. You haven't seen the Goonies. I can't help you. I can't. Yeah. We're not going to talk about, you know, usually where we talk about what this is. Like, you, if you haven't seen the Goonies, yeah. your childhood was a farce. You need to redo yeah. it. Just watch the Goonies. Heal, heal your inner child. Yeah. But there's so much that 
you f- I felt watching it like it br- it truly brings you back. Like I remember the exact way I felt first watching this movie. It's one of those movies like Home Alone. Yeah, we talked about that. Like I it just I feel like a little kid in the early 90s oh. again when I'm watching it. I you know what's funny is out of all the kid movies we've covered on this and like we've you know just in our brains of being you know uh, millennials or as I I'm, I'm a zenial and oh that's a whole other conversation but like from that generation really in only two years I'm a millennial and you're a zenial well zenials is a, well, all right we'll pause for a second a zenial is like the that bridge generation and the difference is is like I started elementary school and we were learning on like. Like I learned how to, how to type on a typewriter before I went to a computer before, like by the time I graduated high school, we were like on windows, like PCs. Okay. Like I was like, I mean, I'm only two I years younger generation than me, right? of floppy disks. Yeah. But, but well, it was I like a bridge generation, but like how big too. a floppy disk? So five and a half or, or, we had, or the, the, we had the big ones and then we had the smaller yeah. ones. Yeah. And I remember like saving a paper in fifth grade to a floppy disk and then having yeah. to bring it to school to print it. And then yeah. like, tearing off the perforated circle edges oh, yeah. of the school printer. <laughs> Maybe you're also, also a zenial. very I don't know, satisfying. No, yes. I don't want to yeah. be a zenial. I want to be a millennial. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be anything. Who am I kidding? We've gotten such a raw fucking deal. I don't want to be any of it. I don't want, I want to be a boomer. So I can buy a house. <laughs> Zenials are like this little micro generation, like millennials. We like, you know, cause I, being a zenial, you're also kind of a millennial, but you're a part of like this little bridge generation, but okay. Yeah. Zenial, millennial, whatever. Like it's, it's, you know, it, we're all part of the same group. Let's see. Let's see what this is. Okay. okay. I missed it. Yeah. Zenials are the micro generation of people on the cusp of generation X and millennials. Yeah. They said that it's from, uh, 76 to 85. That's not me. Yeah. You made the cut. Yeah. I missed it. I made the cut. Just by the skin of my teeth. But the difference, the difference with Xenials is just we had this like weird bridge of like life and technology. Like our childhood was similar to Generation X. And then by the time we we like grew up a little bit and got to high school and and graduated, like we were like a part of like what the millennial generation knows. So it was weird. Like we was like okay. a weird transitional generation I that feel, just saw technology I feel change. Akin with you though. I feel like <laughs> feel like there's a little i've got a little foot in the xenial generation i'm 87 so i definitely missed it but i mean i still had to research with encyclopedia britannica and use the dewey decimal system in the library yeah we went from uh encyclopedia britannica to encarta which no one the hell remembers encarta i remember encarta (laughs) oh my gosh i remember my mom bought that for the home computer and it was like we could do anything I remember I listening to Mozart on it. I was like, wow, we're listening to music on the computer. Oh my God. I was listening to Ugh, a little clip of Mozart. We're old. But to bring it back, <laughs> I was going to say this movie came out in um, the summer of 85. So, okay. it, you know, it's around that, around that, those years. But I, the, the thing that sticks out to me is, as a, as like a film nerd is this is like a, the trifecta of movies. And especially for like the eighties, you have, the stories by Richard, uh, I'm sorry, the stories by Steven Spielberg. The screenplay was Chris Columbus. My and boy, it was Harry directed Potter. by Richard Donner. Like, and, and so you, I think you put all those little things together and you get why. Magic. This, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. even as you, you mentioned like Home Alone, right? If you think about like other kids movies from our generation, this is one that is so broad. There is such a, like Richard Donner 
built a world in this. I give him so much credit. This is the guy who did Superman. Like, yeah, he, he built in his, this entire world where like, I was amazed. And to this day, I'm sort of amazed, but again, it's because of it's that, that trifecta of Spielberg, Columbus, Donner, that there was never a sequel to this because I was like, even growing up, I think it was like on nin- the original Nintendo that there was like a, it was like the Goonies two. It was a sequel to the Goonies, but it was only, only in a, a video game format. Um, which I thought was kind of odd, but yeah. And we talked about books went on that they yeah. had like books where the story continued. Yeah. Where like sloth eventually gets adopted by chunks family and they throw him a, that's right. Mitzvah. You told me about that. Yeah. Like <laughs> the story has continued, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things that it was just, and uh, you probably know this better than I do, but so this was Spielberg's idea, right? Like he had the idea yeah. for this mm-hmm. and then Christopher, Chris Columbus, he fleshed out the screenplay, right? Kind Mm -hmm. of. All right. And he was just coming off Gremlins. Yes. Okay. So I feel like nobody else could have done this the way that they did. Like they're this, the brain of Chris Columbus. First of all, we have to do Gremlins because that to me is like one of the best movies of all time. That whole series. I'm obsessed with it. But I don't think anyone else could have done this the justice it did. And maybe it was just so fucking perfect yeah. that they were like, this sequel would kill it. And, and the kids blew up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. they weren't little actors after this. Most yeah. of them went on to just explode after this, <laughs> which is insane. Like, if you think about the people in this, which we'll talk about, but yeah. I mean, Josh Brolin alone, this was his yeah. acting debut. He'd never acted before. I didn't know that. This was really? it. This was the first thing, not a commercial, not a single freaking thing. Wow. This was it. Do you know how he came about it? Like, how did he get, did he get like just um, randomly cast or? I don't know. I don't know if he had yeah. to audition or not, Um, but it, I mean, he's about as good as it gets. I, I oh. think he's like the epitome, just seeing him, what an 80s older brother he was yeah. with the bandana <laughs> and the cutoff sweatshirt. And like, yeah. he's so perfect. And he's got like the little handsome older brother face in the 80s. Yeah, yeah he's. <laughs> So perfectly cast. Him him riding the little girl's bike is just <laughs> well burned into my memory. I mean, I had a, I mean, his, his, uh, uh, romantic interest, uh, Andy, who was mm-hmm. uh, Carrie Green. I had such a crush. I mean, she was in all the different movies in the eighties that she was in. Like she always tended to play a very similar character. She was yeah. like the, like the, the girl that like, sort of the 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 nerd outcast whoever had a chance to yeah. like she was the her. attainable hot girl yeah yes that was in lucas um she was in summer rental which oh my I god lucas was so, you just brought me back what a mind <laughs> fuck oh you just brought me back oh yeah um she i she was older right so by the time that i was yeah. watching this movie i was probably i mean like Full disclosure, my parents didn't give a shit what I watched yeah. at all. So I was probably like five, six years old watching this on TV, which some of this stuff is a little yeah. intense for a five or six year old. But um, yeah, she was like the girl that when you're watching this, you're like, that's who I want to be in high school. Yeah. I want to be that. She's so pretty and she doesn't try. Yeah. She's so cool and she doesn't try. <laughs> Lucas. Oh, what a movie. But she Not, wasn't in a lot of stuff. I feel like she disappeared from, from like acting real quick. Well, 
let's see. Let's see what our girl's been in. Um, yeah, she did. <laughs> that was yeah, she sure did. Yeah. Which is fine. In I mean, she's wanna, she came yeah. back and she did uh Belly Fruit. What the fuck is that? She was co writer and director. So there you of go. Was, belly fruit? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Well, hey, you know. Now I've got to watch it. Is uh, written and co-written and directed by Carrie Green. It's interesting. Um, hmm. I did read somewhere that Spielberg had like so Josh Brolin got this role and then he got like very weird on set because he was obsessed with this like certain acting method. And Steven Spielberg had to be called in to like rein him in. Oh no. Rein him in because he got like um hold on, I have it in my notes. He was reading about He wasn't method acting. The Stanislavski, he? yeah method of acting uh, while he was on set and so he was, <laughs> he, was he, he got weird he got weird on set oh no so they but had th to that's, it's sad too because um you know succession is running the final season is running as we're recording this yeah and so much has come out about um uh what's his name from succession who, who's just too methody for the method -y. yeah, yeah. He, apparently jeremy strong is a method actor and brian cox is like i'm fucking done with it like just <laughs> I'm fucking sick of the, the method acting. It's my Brian Cox impression. This is Just pretty good. There's um, a there's a quote where Spielberg says, and it's I originally heard this on Josh Brolin was being interviewed, so he knows yeah. that he was weird. So he, okay. he says the Spielberg came up or he went up to Spielberg and said, "How about I climb the walls of the tunnels, and that will represent me climbing out of my mother's womb." <laughs> Spielberg said, tied to why it. don't you just act? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he got a little uh, weird. Yeah. But to go back to what you were saying too, with the, we'll get back to chunk for a second, but you look oh. at the rest of the cast, right? You have Sean Astin, uh, you have Corey Feldman, uh, he, uh, Ki Hu Kwan, who oh. I, which is by the way, just to be clear is the reason this one came up because he yeah. won, the uh he won his oscar he won his uh, oscar with our boy brendan fraser and yeah. uh oddly enough chunk jeff cohen yeah is uh kihu kwan's attorney he is an really? attorney to the stars yeah they're all still best friends and um he is his attorney and they are all still buddies oh. and it's the cutest thing in the entire world um but wait to, to keep going by the way right you have carrie green martha plimpton uh joe Pantale pantaleones <laughs> Uh, pantaloons. I always do that. Um, uh, Anne Ramsey, who was the throw mama from the train, you yeah. know, like she was mama just a staple of, yeah. staple of random eighties movies. Uh, and then Robert Davi, who, uh, was Jake, who I, I don't know what else he was in actually, now that I think about it. Um, but he, he was like another face that like just popped up constantly in the eighties. Right. Yeah. He was in die hard. That's where he was. Okay. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, he was, uh, you know, License no relation, to kill, right? die hard yeah. and expendables three. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So he was like one of those like character actors from the eighties and nineties, obviously. But, um, and then, but yeah, it just, it's just a, such a great like movie. And then of course there's, um, uh, sloth, which I feel like there was a, there was a story behind, he was a football player. Yeah. His name is John Matatuzic. John Matatuzic. Yeah. Yeah. He was a uh, football player and he, um, he was on the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders. Did he? And that's did why um, Sloth wears a Raiders shirt in the movie. Oh, I didn't know that. I was going to say, did he act in anything else? He played Tonda in Caveman four years before the Goonies and he entered the world's strongest man competition. 
Oh, seven years to, prior to the movie, placing ninth. He was also in One Crazy Summer? Don't remember that. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know he was in One Crazy Summer, but okay. It's also hard to see him because, you know, the makeup was so intense that he did like he. Yeah. You don't even notice who, like, if you see his actual face to just like think like, all right, that's sloth. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's two different people. That's not the same person whatsoever. It's hard to lock on there. So he is, I mean, like, I feel like you can, okay, (laughs) this is going to get meta. It's not meant to be, but like, I feel like I could judge the type of person that I wanted to be friends with on whether they thought that sloth was the best character in Goonies or not. Like if you didn't have a special place in your heart for sloth and think that he is like adorable and sweet and want to save him and be like that kind of person, you're not, you're not my kind of person like i should have known i was going to spend my life rescuing dogs yeah. <laughs> because i stray little dogs that nobody uh, loves because i loved sloth and i just yeah. like thought he was so cute and just oh i wanted to hug him and make him my friend he just wanted love and he just oh don't make me cry he was just, so sad mama dropped you like just uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, uh, when I rewatched it, I was so emotional. I was like, that poor yeah. baby just needed a better mommy and daddy. He is so yeah. and he still had so much love to give, even though his family was so awful to him. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about the movie, too, is like, you know, obviously any movie is gonna have like you have your protagonists, right? You have the, you know, the drive for like what they're running at running away from the whole time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, like you know, sloth is like this scary thing. And then suddenly it's like, Oh no, actually he's not that bad. And then you have the Fratellis who were just like fumbling over each other. So like, they're like silly bad guys, right? Like, I feel like that's like a, that's like the flesh out these words for me, but like, that's the, the recipe to eighties movies. There has to be a scary guy who you learn is not so scary. Like the guy in Home Alone and, the, you know, the the, uh, yeah. the old man. There was always the bird lady. Like there was always somebody that seemed yeah. so much scarier. But once you got, you know, down and dirty with it, you realize that really it's just a sweet, happy guy, is, you know. Or is, the, it, is it just like a signature of Chris Columbus characters then? I mean, maybe is that, maybe is that what it Voldemort is? Maybe Voldemort didn't do great for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. A little bit different. Oh, uh, but but actually, wait, no, in the same vein. Okay. Okay. Who who in the Harry Potter franchise do you think is bad and turns out to be good? Sirius Black and those yeah. are the movies that he. Okay, go. no, I think he's out by the third one, right? He just okay. did the first and two. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. Okay, but yeah, no, um, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, and then and then just like the like, were you into like, and we've talked about this too because like there is some stuff I can't get into. Um, what's that? What's that show? I said my wife likes. Um, which one? Outlander. Like things that are like talked about this. Yeah. Like I can't get into like certain soul. That's a problem. Mystical or, or what fantastical kind of settings and things. Okay. So when you watched this movie as a child, I saw it as my opportunity to dive into the fantasy world. You probably saw this as, wow, they have all this money now. (laughs) They're going to be able (laughs) to buy so much stuff. And I'm like, there's a magical ship under the ground <laughs> if i just look into this cave here i could find one myself no i was gonna say i mean i think the reason it works for me is because they're going their their adventure is in modern times even if the mm. thing they're chasing after is this like thing from the 1600s okay which is fine with me 
but well, because it's also real bridges. life. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It's still real life. It's not like the thing, and it's plausible, right? I mean, I I think you you even as a kid, or I should say, even as an adult, <laughs> looking at it. There's nothing about it that's like, oh, wait, that's you have to suspend belief way, way too much. I mean, there's a few things here and there, but that's I feel interesting. Like a, I feel like a rule in movies is it's OK to suspend belief a little bit here and there. But yeah. if you're asking me to suspend belief for like a big plot point or like the main point of the movie, mm-hmm. like, you know, we don't have to go down this road. But speaking of Spielberg, <laughs> um, what was the last Indiana Jones movie? The one that just came out. The one that came out, like, uh, the one that, the last one to come out in, like, the 2000s. Isn't one coming out this year? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. talking about, um. Oh, I don't remember what it's called. Um, it was the one with Shia LaBeouf. The, uh, the crystal, crystal, uh, kingdom of the crystal skull. Skull. Skull, the right? skull one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, okay. that movie has, like, a few different plot points where you're just like, oh, okay. I could spend belief a little bit. Okay, now, now you're going if it's animated, are you able to? Yeah, oh, animation's okay. a whole other, okay. whole other world. All right, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. I'm, I'm getting there. I, get, I understand. Yeah. But, like, for, as a good example, because the thing is, like, in any movie, you have to suspend belief a little bit for some things, right? Like, all right, I'll use Indiana Jones as, as an example, right? Raiders of the Lost Ark, or which, which is the one where, like, they open the thing and, you know, like, don't look directly at it, it'll blind you. Is that... <laughs> Is that Temple of Doom or I don't remember Last Crusade? Whatever. I don't know what your <laughs> yeah. one is. Anyway, I wasn't I wasn't a big Indiana Jones fan. It's not that I don't like Indiana Jones. I just it wasn't my first thing. Um also starring the first one, starring Ki Huang. Right? Oh, that's Isn't right. Key in that one? Yeah. Was it the first one or was it the second one? I always forget which one. I think it's the second one. I okay. think we figured this out when we were hanging out, actually. It's <laughs> the yeah. second one that he's in. Well, because that's what it was. Because again, they did the first one, which is just Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? It doesn't have Indiana Jones in the title. <laughs> And then, and then you get Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. They're like, oh, this is a cash cow, kids. Like, you know, let, let's put a kid in there. So the, mm-hmm. the kitties have someone to, to you know, to relate to. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's Temple of Doom is the uh, second one. I think, is that the one? I don't know. I'm going to stop guessing because this wasn't my, my, this isn't, this is the opposite of my knowledge of like late night television <laughs> is the Indiana, Indiana Jones series. But my point to that is like, I remember going to see, Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull and Indiana Jones gets into a refrigerator and gets blown into like, you know, with an atom bomb or like the end of the movie, which spoiler alert, um, it was aliens. Like everything else in the Indiana Jones universe is like sort of believable with like mild suspension of disbelief. But when your major plot point is like, Oh, okay, that's, I, you didn't warn me and I had a fully suspend belief. (laughs) For like your major plot point. So anyway, back to the Goonies. Is it possible that a treasure, like a, like a pirate ship got is like in this cave that no one is aware is there back in the eighties in eighties technology and everything. Yeah, no, I think that's a plausible, whatever, you know, lit up the way it is. That's a whole other story. Yeah, that's fair. But do you know about the deleted (laughs) scene? Cause I think that would have ruined it for you with the, uh, the octopus, the octopus. Yeah. Because then there's like a giant octopus under the water that like rips, uh, what's her name? Stephanie? Is that her name in the show? Yeah. It yeah. rips Stephanie underwater, Steph underwater. And then she, you know, thinks she's in her mouth and then it's an octopus and blah, blah, blah. And Data's there. And 
they deleted that scene. They deleted yeah. that whole octopus scene. But later on, when yeah. Data is being interviewed by the, <laughs> yeah, they left that by the thing, he talks about the octopus. And yeah. obviously, you know, five-year-old me never even knows what they're talking about. But like, yeah. it's a definite plot hole there, guys. Oh, it's a plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, because you're, you're wondering like. Because the like, whole point the of that scene is, what the hell are you talking is, about? Yeah, the, the the whole point of that scene is that they're saying all these things, and the adults are like, "Wait, none of this is real, right?" And then all of a sudden, you hear about an octopus. You're like, "Where is there an octopus? Did I miss something? Or are they are they making up stories?" So yeah, but the, but I mean, even the way that the like because they they blow up the rock right to try to get out mm-hmm. of there, and then yada yada yada. All of a sudden, the ship sort of escaped because at that point, it's like, all right, it's believable. Like the what covered the cave or the rocks that were surrounding it ended up um, falling and the anchor was lifted. So the thing went out and it's just sailing by itself out in the sea. Just I love that. But you know what else I love when I was doing research for this? The kids never saw the ship. They made it so the kids never saw the ship until that day that they were going to film and like their reactions were live. But I think it was Josh Brolin who. Yeah curses a bunch and they couldn't use the take because he's cursing so much well i was gonna say i feel like i don't want to make this up but i feel like i heard somewhere in an interview somewhere that like sean astin or someone was like yeah some of the kids snuck a peek like it wasn't oh, like oh yeah the, the kids, i'm sure you know. they did yeah so i'm sure they did it was still set up that way and and i mean that's maybe a chris columbus thing because yeah. in harry potter he did the same thing the great hall in yeah. Harry Potter, uh, Chris Columbus had the set created so that the kids never saw it. So when the kids walked huh. in for the first time, yeah. that was their first time seeing the Great Hall. So like all that awe and wonder that they captured on film was yeah. real. Like they had never seen it before. Bummer that I mean, like I would be cursing too. I totally get it. I have a fun fact for you. I'm ready. I love fun facts. Well, I mean, you're usually the one who gives them, but did you know? Um, do you know sloths? First name? No. Lotney. Lotney. Lotney Fratelli. L O T N E Y. Lotney. He was never yeah. going to get anywhere with that name. No wonder. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so sad. But there, I mean, another fun fact I'll throw at yeah. you that I th- okay. loved was the nod to Jurassic Park. Do you know this part? No. So in Jurassic Park, uh, Jerry, you know, we love Jerry, big old chubby Gary, Jerry, his first shirt was a floral, like Tommy Bahama shirt. So is Chunks. And then he goes to a black t-shirt under a gray coat, which is exactly what Chunk does. And then at the end of the movie, he's wearing a yellow raincoat, just like um, uh, Mikey's wearing at the end. Isn't that so cute? That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That was their nod. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Something I, ne- I never knew, but I'm going to point it out. And um, if, if she's working on this episode, our editor, Steph, um, spells her name, does like the same thing. Like her name is S-T-E-F, which is um, Martha Flim- Plimpton's oh. character from the movie. So, Shout out, Steph. Yeah. But um, but I mean, I every I didn't realize. I mean, I, I guess I never paid attention, but everyone has a nickname. It's Mikey, Brand, Chunk, Mouth, Data, Andy, and Steph. I love that. I mean, some of them are obviously like just short names of themselves. Like, you know, like, 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 uh, Andy is Andrea. Yeah. Uh, Steph, Steph is just Stephanie. Mikey um, is Mike. Yeah, I got it. Mikey's that. Michael. Um, Brandon is brand. Um, and then you have chunk Clark mouth Devereaux. Um, but yeah, they all have names. And the, the one thing we skipped over too is the whole concept of the movie, which I, I always, I never understood is is it like a mistake or what but like obviously you've heard of like the boondocks and these are the goondocks the, the goondocks yeah which Hence i never understood the movie. that was the only part i never understood yeah i didn't get that one either i didn't get that one either but um it's um, yeah i i don't know yeah and i've read that too and i was doing the research but i think one of my favorite stories like you know like the the Goonies lore and legend. Yeah. Sean Asin kept the prop map, which I think is the prop map, yeah. which is incredible, especially because the prop master put his own real blood on it because he oh. thought that, yeah, he thought it needed blood on it. And <laughs> I guess the prop team was gone for the day. So we just cut himself and put blood on it, which is hilarious. Yeah. But then Sean Aston took it at the end and brought it home and his mom threw it away because she thought it was garbage. What? Oh she threw my God. it away because it was thrown out. And the entire pirate ship, they said anyone could take anything they wanted from it. Nobody wanted anything on it. And they scrapped the whole damn thing. Jeez. I would have liked the the balloon, which I, I mean. Yeah, I a balloon for the for the family. Yeah. But I just think that's so sad. That is sad. That's insane. I feel yeah, that made me sad. Also, we should probably talk about, and I don't remember if you remember seeing this. Do you remember the Cindy Lauper song she wrote for the? Oh my yes, we we had to talk about Goonies are good enough. That music yes. video is like a million hours long. First yes. of all, well, who's in it? I mean, that's the other part Hold of it too. It's, it's okay. It is twelve minutes long, two part mm-hmm. music video that features a cameo by Steven Spielberg, Does and it really? has a bunch of eighties wrestlers in it. Yeah. Well, it's really funny. I mean, there's a few, I mean, the backstory to that too is like, there's a bunch of Cindy Lauper videos from the eighties that all she, she did a lot. She did a bunch of stuff with a bunch of Mm -hmm. the, um, like, uh, wrestlers and like WWF back in the eighties. Um, but I, what I love about it too, like I was never that into wrestling, but honestly I've gotten stuck on like wrestling, TikTok, like wrestling history, TikTok. I should say. I used to love wrestling in the eighties, like the early nineties. I loved it. I was never into it. I mean, again, I I think like you almost like needed like an older brother or like a, a dad or someone to like get you into it or some yeah. some influence or a cousin or something. I didn't have that. 
And, but I'm so enamored by that, that era of wrestling because you have like Roddy Rod Piper, the Iron Sheik and uh, Captain Lou, who also played uh, Super Mario on the Super Mario Brothers TV show. Yeah, that is so crazy. <laughs> like it was, it was great. But like Cindy Lauper, there was like um, the Goonies are good enough. And I think was there another song song she had on the soundtrack too? I don't. Maybe I don't remember. Oh, okay, maybe. I just remember that, and like good. to me, I thought that music video was so fucking weird. Um, do you know about the Goonies oath? And they cut it out of the movie. No, what's the Goonies oath? I will never betray my goondock friends. We'll stick together until the whole world ends. Through heaven and hell and the nuclear war, good pals like us will stick like tar. In the city or in the country or the forest of the boonies, I am proudly declare a fellow goonie. I wish they would have kept that in. You know how many, do you know how many 35 year olds and 36 year olds would have that tattooed on their arm right now? I mean, I feel like we should make a t-shirt that says that. I think we need a t-shirt that says that. (laughs) It's our goondock merch dropping soon. Oh man. Um, but just one second, because I mentioned this in the beginning too. Um, and I'm not crazy. Um, there was a, the Goonies two video game that came out in 1987. Okay. For NES. Oh, um, I don't know anything about it, but it was like, it wasn't a good game. I should say that I'll, I'll at least put that out there. But, um, but if you know, what's really funny, they recently announced that they're going to turn, uh, Harry Potter into a TV show. Am I breaking news to you, by the way? Did you not hear about this? Okay. I heard it was the cursed child or are they doing, okay, wait, they're rebooting it as a series and they're going to make the it fuck. So that- who the, who's going to yeah. play the children? I mean, that, that's the part that sucks. Like, if, if you think about, like, the Goonies, like, part of me is like, oh, man, I would have loved more adventures in that world. But number, you know, I mean, let's say they rebooted it today or try to do something with it today. I don't know that I would hate it if they did it today. They would have if to stick. If they were the parents? Yeah, but they would have to stick to the world that Chris Columbus built and, now, and Richard Donner built. I'm writing so. this as we speak, okay? So they're the parents. Mm-hmm. They stayed in that town. They saved that town. They all opened small businesses. Now they have kids. They want to take their kids back to show them the ship because it's still there. The ship or maybe something's there. Like this is where the ship was because the ship's gone and they go back down and they realize the ship has come back and maybe some something ensues. Okay. Maybe the Fratellis have kids that didn't get stuck in prison because the Fratellis all go to prison. Yeah. <sighs> we got to write this right now. I mean, with the exception of, um, well, actually, before I kill anybody accidentally, let me just double check. But I'm pretty sure, um, I'm pretty sure Joe Pantaleones is um, the only remaining alive person. Is that true? Well, he can be the grandfather. No, I, 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 I inadvertently killed Robert Davi. Sorry, Robert. Sorry about that. Um, but uh, Anne Ramsey is definitely has definitely passed. Oh, she's very dead. Yeah, she is. <laughs> so dead she is worm food as we speak yeah but this would um, be a good time to do it because key is killing it i mean sean Aston coming off of um stranger things i think yeah. he's revived a bit josh brolin's got that weird alien show happening and a voice that won't quit <laughs> it's gonna be really mean but i'll say it anyway all right go ahead you, you said as you were saying weird alien looking thing i was looking at a picture of the guy who played troy Oh no. Um he's 64. Oh, no. Um but his botox is a lot younger. 
So okay, let's take a look yeah. at him. I'm so, I've yeah. I've I am. De- oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's unfortunate. I know. That's all right. That's all right. He dies you know, before people, we hey, shot people, this show. In my some brain. People, <laughs> some he people is just, gone. You know, they don't age well. Some people you need a little help. Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll leave it. Okay. Alone. Um, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize, Steve Steve Anton. Um, sixty-four-year-old Steve Anton. Um, but Martha Plimpton had one hell of a career after this, though. Yeah, which I love because she really, she really did. Well, what's funny is in the nineties, a couple of years later, I mean, she popped up in a bunch of movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. After that, she was in Parenthood, which was in eighty-nine. Um, what else was she in? What else was she in? Like the eighties. I mean, she's had a career. I'll give her a lot. She line, really but. has. I feel like I randomly see her in things all the time. I'm yeah. like, oh, there's that lady whose name well, she, I can never remember. <laughs> well, she was in Josh and Sam, that movie I brought up a, a, a while oh, ago. okay. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. If you remember. And that was eight days. Okay. So she was You also, had seen that movie, right? I'm just- I'm, I'm, Yes, I'm, I had yeah. seen that. And when I um brought that up to my sister, I was like, do you remember this movie? She had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. And I was like, well, I know I've seen it. I don't know where you were. <laughs> Because we're Irish twins. She is like yeah. right after me. Um, okay, well, the, she was in Daybreak. Yeah. She was a TV movie. Inside Monkey Zetterland. I don't think that's I don't think that did well. She had she had a career. She's had a career. She sure did. Yeah. And she's still stuck around. I give her a lot of credit there. She's definitely like a C, maybe D level character, but uh, I mean I've I keep seeing her. She just keeps showing back yeah. up in shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw her, I'm the, pretty sure Grey's Anatomy she had like a stint. What was the there was a TV show she was on a couple of years ago on uh Fox. What was that? Do you remember? On Fox? Yeah. It was a, it was a comedy. It was from the guy who did uh Brockmire? No, it was from the same guy who did um My Name is Earl. Uh I forget the name of the show. The Real O'Neills? No. Yeah, I'll find it real quick. Raising Hope. Raising Hope. There it there is. There he is. Yeah. But Oh yeah, she was. She was in there for eighty-eight episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't okay. realize it lasted that long. Good for her. She was. She was in there deep. So, but, like, yeah. maybe just back to the the heart yeah, sorry, of the Goonies. No, no, no. We could do this all day. Um, <laughs> I when I watch that movie, I just feel like it's one of those anything is possible movies. And yeah, I always say I just feel like, but I do. This movie just, I feel that people in the 80s watch it, or they just connect to it. Like, there's a, a definite age group yeah. that, older than me, even older than you, yeah. that connects to it on such like a, like, it feels like home. It's one of those movies that I'm like, this is, if I were to show someone what my childhood felt like, it would be a movie like this. It felt yeah. like this. Yeah, well, you, you know what I give credit for, too? Because we... we to that point, like, you know, my kid's an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, he's a, he's a budding actor trying to get involved in stuff. I keep trying to convince him to be my best friend, but yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But if you rewatch this movie, first off, I'll just tell, go rewatch this movie to anyone, to anyone listening. Please but, do. But pay attention to when multiple kids are in scenes together, because when the kids are acting together with one another, they're so good. They're really good actors. And especially, point. especially data. Like there are scenes when other kids are talking. He's just like in the scene and I'll give Richard Donner a lot of credit. Right. It like there's, um, called a twofer, right? Like, which is like, just, you have like two people in the same shot. Right. 
different than a oneer, which is like you know, oh well, that's that's you know, we call different things. I'm not going down a rabbit hole here about you know filming t- terminologies, but you have a you have a shot where like two characters are talking back to you know back and forth, and you cut between them. He does a lot of shots where it's like multiple kids are in the same shot or they're having a conversation, and it and it very much brings me back to my childhood when you're all like standing around having conversations, just standing next to each other. And it doesn't look like it's a movie. Like it looks like these kids are just hanging out together. And there are scenes when like, they're just like paying attention to what they're, the other are saying to each other and they're engaged, which I know it's very, it's very subtle and it's very simple, but they sell it. And you, you feel like these kids are like best friends and grew up together. And like, this is another one of their adventures, maybe the biggest one they've ever had, but it's, it's an adventure for these kids. And, um, and, and beyond that too, just like, you know, being a kid, like, I don't know if, I mean, I, I, I had this growing up in New York city. I don't know if you had it too, but like there would be parts where like you had like your little cliques of friends. We had it like per block, like our block was one group of friends and the block over had another group of friends. And there was like, sometimes there was intermingling, right? Where it's like, oh, this group of people are going to hang out with this group. And it was, you know, not like a, the way it occurred was very much how like Andy and Steph, like fold into the group all of a sudden. Like, it's like, Oh yeah, we all know each other. Yeah. Like, we're all from the neighborhood. And I love that. Like, I love how organic they all just like, Oh yeah, we all know each other. Like Andy knows Mikey and like, they're all just familiar with each other from the neighborhood. Agreed. Yeah. That's how it was for us. We didn't live on a block. We lived yeah. on a street, but yeah. everyone on my street would come to my house. Cause I had a big yard Yeah, and we would, yeah, it was the same feeling. And like, if yeah. somebody brought a friend, you know, that's yeah. not part of the group. It was like, yeah, yeah I know you. I know you from the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I know you from the bus. Um, I I did look it up when we were talking before because you brought up how good data is. And he was in Temple of Doom the year before in 84. Yeah. So, so I feel experience. like maybe he had a little bit more acting chops under his belt. Yeah. But like Corey Haim and, and Sean Aston, they were in quite a few things before this, right? Oh, was it before like, it? I don't. Or Corey I don't mean Feldman. that. I'm sorry. I'm Corey actually Haim. asking. Corey, Corey Feldman and Corey, Corey Feldman. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He was in Mork and Mindy in 78. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, he was on The Bad News Bears in 79. Yeah. Time After Time in 79. So Facts and the Hound in 81, Friday the 13th. I feel like he's been in some things. Yeah. I do love a lot of his movies. And then, from- yeah, Stand By Me is in 86. So I feel yeah. like that's kind of the way it went for him. I mean. Yeah. I love, I truly loved him in the eighties. Like yeah. he was any of the Corys sign mm-hmm. me up. Yeah. Sign me Stand up. Stand by me. Court. Lost boys. License to drive. Lost boys. That's probably ask your wife if that's why her and I are obsessed with vampires. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she wouldn't have been able to watch that, but I no, was. She wasn't allowed. <laughs> I was. Wasn't allowed. There wasn't a Disney movie. You so. got to show her that for date night one night. Just get her a little sauced up and be like, I'm going to show you the original vampire. I mean, I did vampire love license boys. to drive. That movie is great. That was a really good one. So, oh, and he was in Gremlins, duh. Yeah, I forgot about that, and that was '84. <laughs> well, shit. Yeah. Now uh, I will say this: It. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you feel? And I feel like it was uh maybe two thousands, late two teens, two thousands. Goonies had this resurgence in merch, like out of nowhere. Maybe because our age group finally had money. <laughs> but like I, I'm serious. I remember going into Hot Topic yeah. and being like, "Oh my god, I love this Goonies shirt!" And then yeah. all of a sudden, everybody was wearing Goonies merch. 
Yeah, there must have been like some pointed reason it resurged because I was going to say it wasn't like a 20th anniversary or anything. We were still a few years away from that. Um, because this came out like we said it before, it's 85. So, how much did it gross? Do you know that? Because it had to have done very well at the box office, right? I don't know. I actually don't know if it did well in the box office at all, actually. I think uh, it's in my notes. Let me let me not be lazy and look at the notes that I actually spent hours writing. <laughs> I would uh, like to know why it only has a 76% Rotten Tomato score. Um, like, because uh, those people are fucking heathens. That's why. <laughs> because they also... I, there's plenty of times that Rotten Tomatoes has done me dirty. I will say that. Do you go yeah. by that? Because no, I live in a household I mean, where constantly I'm like, do you want to watch this? And they're like, well, the ratings aren't very good. I'm like, well, I don't care. That man is very attractive and he doesn't wear a shirt in it. I see it on the poster. So we're watching it. That, so you base it on something even worse. You're just like, yeah, well, well, how attractive is the sometimes? Poster? Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Um, um, OK. I don't know. I can't find it. I thought I had it in my notes. It was in the in the 100 area. Hmm. It's like 124 million, I think. I like this quote. It says Variety called it, quote, a dangerous Disneyland sort of film stamped with the Steven Spielberg style of high fun. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. That's pretty spot on. Um, um, OK, here we go. The yeah. film was a box office success. OK, it grossed yeah. over one hundred and twenty four million against a nineteen million dollar budget. Um, the responses were pretty positive. Even Roger Ebert said that it was a fantastical story of buried private treasure told with a slice of life, life approach that lets kids use words Bogart didn't know in Casablanca. Yeah. All right. That's a pretentious way to say it was a good movie, but <laughs> no. Okay. This is my fun fact. And since we're coming towards the end, I want to share it. Yeah. This is one of those uh, lore legends that people attach to this movie. Oh, no. So, Back to the Future and the Goonies are set on the same day. What? Yeah. October 26th. And the way that people prove this okay. is they talk about it happening on a Saturday, and they hold up a newspaper that the Fratellis are in from two yeah. days before... And that's October 24th. And Back to the Future happens on October 26th. So it's kind of goes back to that Gremlins theory where all of these things happen in the Spiel Steven Spielberg universe on the yeah. same day. Huh. I liked that one. The movie started filming October 22nd, 1984. Oh, shit. So it'll, it, and it, so it began filming, what, five, four days before? Yeah. That that mark date, so so yeah, that big day was October twenty sixth. So feasible, and I want to say when did because when because time is so connected to it. When did I? I want to say, and I'm going to double check this as we're looking at it. We're talking about it. But, I have another um, one for you to tie into this, but continue okay. your question. It should it'll all go together. I believe it. Well, I was going to say, does Back to the Future? See, this is what's weird though. Is like. He has to get back to 19. What what year is he trying to get back to? Oh, my God. I I feel very on the spot because I have no fucking idea. I do not remember. We need to do Back to the Future, but I do not remember. <laughs> I need a refresher. Well, it's it's no, it's it's October 26, 1980. Is it four or five? Well, they must have shot this in 84. Right. That's what I right? mean. So and because then the maybe he's getting yeah. back to 84. Now, 
to just to tie that in more to the gremlins thing um it's it it's made to set place within the same universe as the gremlins so when chunk calls the police and tells them about what's like remember when he like calls and says everything that's yes. happening with the fratellis yes. okay so the officer on the other end of the line um is like you know aren't you the kid that called in about the little creatures that multiply when you put water on them huh. <laughs> and like that's another call that chunk made so like yeah. it's the same universe same timeline as all those movies is that so wild that is by the way i did find the answer it was 1985 okay. so you're okay. um so if all of this takes place October 26, 1985, is it on the same day and the same day and year and everything like day like Yeah, it's supposed time to be history. Everything, yes. Yeah. Okay, but why is June 7th Goonies Day? That's another thing in my note. June 7th is hmm. Goonies Day in Astoria, Oregon, where this was shot. Why June 7th? Why June 7th? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. We must we must find this out. Well, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but like the house, Mikey's house still exists. I just saw a TikTok about this yeah. literally this morning. Yeah. It was a girl standing outside with her her daughters. Like she brought them there for that. I was gonna okay. say, I, I don't know if anything has changed, but I know like uh I mean almost famously, it's like the house from Breaking Bad that the neighbor that the owner of the house is an insane person and yeah. But like, I think my understanding, at least, unless something has changed, that the owners of Mikey's house are like, you can come, but be respectful. And like, you have to, you can't park on the, the little road that they, their house is on or whatever, but you can just walk up to it and you're okay. I don't know if that's well, still the case. We have to go to Astoria, Oregon now because the movie came out on June 7th. That's okay. why it's. Goonies Day, oh, okay. and they have a whole weekend of events. I'm looking at the schedule of events. Jeez. Oh my gosh, what an adventure this is. Oh, wow. They've got, oh, they've got set passes. Wow, they've really, they really did this deep. <laughs> I, I have think, one. I think this would uh, really underwhelm us if, <laughs> if we went. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I mean, and then the other thing too, as far as like going to visit their uh, Astoria, Oregon, um, the Oregon Film Museum is what is what was the uh, the jail that they escaped from. Oh, yes. That must be the museum. I was just looking yeah. at the lovely photos of. I believe last time I saw it, I believe like the, the Fratelli's Jeep is still parked out front too. Well, that's a, amazing. Bullet, hole, bullet holes the size of meatballs. Was it meat? Was that what it was the size of? Did I get yeah. that quote right? Or I've, I love um, I it was a Sean Aston interview that I was watching when I was doing my research and um, he improvised the entire story that he tells the cops about the Fratellis Does like he really? telling the story about the Fratellis. He improv that entire thing. <laughs> Such a and it's like one of my favorite like manic little kid moments. Right. Like he's just like, ah, so yeah. which is exactly how you'd be if you, you know, whenever you and your siblings got into some trouble or you and your friends got into some trouble and you were telling your parents about it. You're like a manic, tiny human just spewing everything. And uh, another thing I saw is Chunk had chicken pox when this movie was filming, but really? he didn't want to lose the role. So if you look at the scene where he first says the truffle shuffle, uh -huh. he has chicken pox all over oh, his stomach. Geez, the poor kid. <laughs> I know. Poor kid. That poor kid. Well, I mean, he's a he's a lawyer now. So he is a lawyer and I he's bet you an he's an attorney to the stars. Yeah. I, I will say, um, 
you know, I'm not the only one who's kind of clamored. And again, just to be clear, there's a lot of movies where I'm like, don't ever touch it. Don't ever make like leave back to the future alone. We don't need a sequel. We don't need a series. It, it is what it is because I think it's also, it's not about like the car, right? It's about Michael J. Fox and, and, um, Christopher Lloyd and the, and their characters. there. like, you can't go back there. Like, don't do it. It's, it's too sad. I would be okay if there was some sort of like Goonies spinoff or something, but again, that's hard to do. And maybe it's also better off. We just don't, but there interesting enough. There was a, um, pilot for a show that would be a shot for shot remake. It's about, about a woman helping film students create a shot for shot remake of the Goonies. Richard Donner was behind it. Everyone was behind it. And then Fox, um, didn't move forward on it, but apparently it actually is in development now in a, in a, Mm. as a TV series for Disney plus called our time. So I don't know, (laughs) maybe, Well, I mean, that sounds actually insanely interesting. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe this is one of those situations where selfishly I would love for the story to continue, but it's just so perfect. It's yeah. timeless. It's, it was made in one eighty five. Yeah. How many movies from then are kids still watching today and enjoying like yeah. barely any, because there's yeah. no, I think it's really hard to grab uh, a kid's attention now. Like there's yeah. anything they want to watch is right there. They can watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Or like this is just I don't know. It, has there been another movie like this? Like Kid Adventure like that? Yeah. It's funny you say well, that cuz kids maybe, right? That was the 90s. But that, you know, like again, that's what was cool, what what made this movie cool was it was about your everyday average kids who like, you know, play outside, ride their bikes around the neighborhood, who got into this fantastical adventure. Spy Kids is not that. And, and yeah. funny enough, like um, there are these smaller movies. Like there's this random movie that I, I put on my son's like, you know, list of movies to watch. But from when I was a kid, um, wasn't necessarily a popular one either. It called The Paper Brigade. Um, which if you look it up, you might have seen it because it was like an HBO kind of thing um, or maybe Showtime or something when I was a kid. But there aren't a lot of movies like this, which is also kind of funny because – Hollywood tends to copy paste a lot. And so if something is successful, they're like, Oh, let's just make another knockoff of that. There weren't any real Goonies knockoffs that I can remember. And maybe I'm wrong. And if someone remembers, no, you're hundred percent right. And like, I just kind of for conversation's sake, just looked up movies similar to the Goonies and every single one of them yeah. was made in the eighties. Like literally every single one. Yeah. And monster squad, which I know you haven't seen. I cannot yeah. believe you haven't seen. Oh, it's so good. I don't think you'll like it because you're not into that fantastical stuff. But if you love it for like the 80s ridiculousness that it is, I think you'll like it. But like Never Ending Story, Stand By Me, Labyrinth, E.T., Hook. Those are ones similar to Goonies where I feel like maybe I don't know. I think you're right. I don't think anything's ever done this or at least done it so well that it's notable. And and it's funny, too, because um you know, there's been movies that follow a group of kids like that age doing stuff or whatever, like stand by me. Right. But that's a drama, right? That's, that's based off a really dark novel. Yeah. That is not a kid's movie. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not that. Right. And, and, and it is funny because yeah, I'm looking up the same list you are. I'm just like, yeah, there's nothing, um, there's nothing similar. I was going to say now and then, but there is not a single, um, 
fantastical element to that. Like that is really just yeah. a coming of age story for women. Yeah. The, and they it's set in the seventies. Like it's just a very different thing. Yeah. Um, you know, in the nineties, you kind of, ha- I mean, like, I guess we could say Harry Potter, right? Cause that's the same thing. Like, you know, these like rough yeah. and tumble things, but that's yeah. really, that's another end of the spectrum where yeah. it's so fantastical. that like, That's not, it's not like they're run of the mill kids, you know? Yeah. Well, but was that, what I was going to say too, is like, I think what's interesting is like, you know, the last time I remember a movie with like a cast of like just a, a few kids getting into trouble or whatever was good boys, which was the 2019 movie, which I think it was like produced by Seth Rogen or yeah, produced by Seth Rogen. Um, but it's like rated R and it's made to be like an adult comedy about kids. It's not supposed to be a movie for kids. Yeah. I mean, to the point, like there is no, there's nothing that out there that matches the target demo and everything else that you want from like a Goonies knockoff. I would have been fine with a bunch of Goonies knockoffs. I just remembered as you're saying that, because what about like those Nickelodeon 90s movies? I feel like we had a little bit there, like Snow Day. Snow Day. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Harriet the Spy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they kind of had that little element of adventure where it wasn't so yep. fantastical that you were in another world. But Nickelodeon, I feel like had that unlock. My all time. You're almost there. Okay. My all time favorite Nickelodeon show of all time is Pete and Pete. Same, Which, same. We've talked about this. Yeah. I fucking love that show. But that's that's it, right? Because I mean, you th- you take that, and it's exactly that, right? It's it's kids riding their bikes, playing in the neighborhood, right? They're yeah. neighborhood kids with like little elements of like you know, already the strongest man in the world, or like you know, like little fantastical things, little bits. But it's it's done in a way where it doesn't suspend. Like they're still just kids, and you can argue like you know one like one of the more popular ones was like the flashlight tag episode where you know pete little pete doesn't want to go to bed and he's like you know i don't want to have a bedtime and he ended up like oh, you can stay up all night and he just didn't sleep for several nights in yeah. a row like that's a that's an adventure for a kid is like that summertime i'm gonna stay up all, all night and you know no bedtime and play tag until you know whenever like those little kid adventures, like, and I don't know if maybe the world is changing like dark now, but like, I don't know if the world has changed so much that like, that's just not what kids go through anymore. And it's a little bit different, but like, you know, what I liked about that world too was it was, it was similar in like tone where like, it was that weird thing where like, there was no time period to that show, right? Like Artie's mm-hmm. walking around with like a transistor radio on his belt. That's like, playing like polka music, right? Like there was no, it wasn't grounded in like, Oh, we're in the nineties. Here's, here's a guest star or a band to prove that we're here in the nineties. Like it was timeless. It was written timeless. And so even to a certain extent, I would call, you know, I would say the same thing about, you know, the Goonies almost like that could have been the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, who knows? The only reason you can peg some TV shows or movies for what time period they're in is just because, the existence of like cell phones or computers or things, but beyond Even the that, cars and the back shots, I yeah. feel like that's usually where my brain goes. It's like, Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's an eighties car. If I've ever seen yeah. one or, you know, Oh, this must be set in the fifties. Cause you know, that's a, you know, wood knocker. Yeah. Like you just see certain things in the background that I think yeah. you associate with time. But my family was poor. We had those eighties <laughs> cars well into the two thousands. Yes. So yeah, no, I, I agree. I was the same, same boat, but that was the thing. 
but yeah, you, you, you picked up on something too. It's like, I think, and I can go on a rant about my feelings about Nickelodeon and, and their pseudo downfall and all this Is other it stuff. Bad? Cause I really, I was a Nickelodeon kid. I feel like the rich I kids were Disney kids. I was a Nickelodeon kid. Well, that was the thing is like, I think, I don't know if I said this on this podcast, but like Disney channel, you know, even when it was like a pay, like an HBO premium channel kind of thing before they made it free, um, was a family channel. Nickelodeon was like a channel that felt like it was made by kids behind the scenes. Like it, Agreed. It, it, it was very much connected to the zeitgeist of being a kid. And even the game shows and everything they did was super connected to that. And they lost that. They, I mean that now they just lean into like we're the channel with, um, you know, like the loud house and reruns of, uh, I'm so SpongeBob. not connected to that world yeah. because I'm I don't have kids or anything like that. But yeah, I feel like you touched on something really important, and then maybe it's just that little bit of fantastical nature was maybe more so like when you're a little kid not going to bed for three days. Yeah, is a fantasy, you yeah. know. So like these things yeah. aren't actually not real things, but they become like. You know, the strongest man, like when we talk about artists, yeah. strongest kid, you know, strongest kid in the world yeah. in your head when you're a little kid, the kid that can lift, you know, those things that is yeah. the strongest kid in the world. So now that person yeah. becomes superhuman to you. Yes. So you've created the fantasy where it's just like yeah. a regular kid. Oh, I love and so. That. Yeah. And I, I feel like Nickelodeon did that very well. And I also mm-hmm. feel like there's a, a. I mean, like I loved Disney movies. Don't get me wrong. My sister and I could go on we could have just a podcast on rewatching 90s disney movies because we were obsessed but to us we grew up as nickelodeon kids and i i still to this day i think if a nickelodeon magazine commercial came on tv i would be reminded how poor we were as children i wanted nothing more in my life than a subscription to nickelodeon magazine but i feel like the goonies kind of laid the groundwork for that like the goonies was like if the Goonies came out when Nickelodeon was like really thriving, it would have been on an orange VHS. It would have yeah. been a Nickelodeon movie. Yeah. And, 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 but there was something there too is like, I don't know what it was or, or why, you know, it's like right now with like superhero movies and stuff, like they're just like, oh, enough already. Like another superhero, another. Yeah. It's like, why didn't we get that back then? Because, yeah, to your point, like if you think about all like the live action, if you think about all the live action Nickelodeon shows, you had Pete and Pete, Clarissa explains it all. Oh my God. Uh, all I that to be her. So Clarissa. Badly. Yeah. Her clothes. Are you fucking kidding me? I should have known I was going to be a skateboard kid yeah. because like her clothes. Oh my God. She was so cool. Yeah. But that was the thing is like, but there was a certain connection because that's what it was is it's connecting the dots between like what life as a kid is like. And the, the, term i was thinking of like when we were when you were talking is it's like you ever watch like jerry seinfeld stand up mm-hmm. yes like, especially like his his um which was around 99 or 98 i want to say he did like i'm telling you for the last time is right after like the peak seinfeld ended and then he was yeah. like i'm gonna do my my bits and he had like things in there like talking about like uh dressing up for halloween as a kid we had like the plastic Superman, like the oh, yeah. Superman outfit with the cape and the plastic Superman mask that would like cut into your eyelids. And the thing is, it was like, it's that very simple observations about being a kid that I, as a kid loved so much because it was like seeing my world represented on TV. 
and it, there weren't superheroes. They weren't fantastical. It was just like the little like things you to your point about like the strongest kid in the neighborhood or whatever, like that kind of stuff. And was bringing it there. And so, you know, I actually enjoy going back to the whole point of this podcast is when you watch the beginning of the Goonies, like when the, the opening credits where it's kind of showing all the kids around town and it's very quick. And because no one hangs around for like the, the opening credits a lot, you kind of skip over it real quick. But you know, Steph, for instance, like we find, we see her, like apparently her family works down by the docks and like, they're like fishermen or whatever. And she's like pulling crabs or like dunking for crabs in a, in a uh, barrel or whatever. And just like what the kids are like doing around town, all that kind of stuff. I love that stuff. I think that's great. And I, and yeah, we didn't get enough of that as a kid. Uh, We didn't get enough of that as kids. And nowadays I don't even know (laughs) if kids are even getting a connection to that, they don't no. see themselves represented there. No. And, and it's, it's funny. Cause when I watch this, I like, I, re- I remember watching this for the first time it was daytime TV and I am such a lucky person. I will just go on record saying that because anyone related to me listening to this or any friend I have listening to this knows my parents divorced. And while their divorce was not, gr- not perfect, uh, what divorce is, it got as perfect as it could fucking be. My parents were best friends, they said we were best friends ahead kids. We're staying best friends. Every spouse they had had to know that they were best friends. Yeah. We have literally done every holiday together my entire life. Yeah. So I've never known what it's truly like to be a divorced kid. But I remember watching this in my which ended up being my mom's house, which was owned by my grandparents, watching this on a Saturday afternoon, like on the couch by myself because my mom was a nurse who worked overnights and my Younger sister was, you know, younger doing something like playing with yeah. my grandparents. And I was all by myself. <laughs> and like, I know that you've said that a lot. Like you, you were, you know, your siblings a lot older than you. You were by yourself watching a lot of this TV. Yeah. And I remember being so sucked into this movie and just like making it my entire personality. Like yeah. after I watched this movie, I was like, I can find treasure. But it was also like the first time I'd ever seen kids like go through life on TV. They weren't just kids whose moms woke them up at seven in the morning with a fucking seven course breakfast on the table, (laughs) which was so prominent on TV at the time. Yeah. That was not my mom. My mom was like, do you want cereal? Yeah. (laughs) You don't want cereal? Then you're not eating something because I have two, two, three, four, five jobs at the time. And I, feel like this was one of the first times that as a kid going through shit who didn't just have like a normal cookie cutter home life you truly saw yourself on tv like oh there are so many different types of people and i think you're right there's no i mean what do you see on tv now for kids they do they have a lot of kids sitcoms and that's the thing too it's like sitcoms where like they're not where it's like i'm so weirded out by tv geared towards children now yeah i have a niece and nephew and my niece loves watching these like people on YouTube yeah. who are like, I have two older nephews who are in the, you know, teenage years. One's 18, yeah. one's like much older, 16. But like the children ones, mm-hmm. like, why are we watching a grown man in a room in his house <laughs> created to look like a fire station yeah. opening up Barbie dolls? Yeah. Why is this what's happening? Oh, is that still a is- thing? Yes, it's so weird. Like, it is so strange where I'm like, this is not what we had to watch. We had, like, humans to watch. I don't know. It's very strange. Uh, I feel like television towards kids. Yes, exactly. Bill Nye, Mark. Oh, Mark Summers. Oh, that. what would you do? Yeah. 
I don't know. I feel like TV now towards kids is so strange. And I also yeah. feel like there's like a um maybe a camaraderie or like a companionship that we feel with people that watch the Goonies of our age period. The whole Goonies never say die. Yeah. That's like, I feel like we all lived our lives by that. That's what, you know what I mentioned it before, but I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate it in a different way. Um, I'll reiterate it in a different way is it's the way all the kids are connected and we don't have to have a giant introduction to like spoon feed us. Like, these kids are friends. They know each other from the neighborhood or whatever. It's just like, yeah, no, this is just how it is. Like, this is the world they built. And I love, and I, if you can tell from other episodes we've done, like I love world building and I love when movies or TV shows like build a world around the main plot of the characters. And, and that's why I said, I, I give so much credit to Richard Donner because I think he did such an amazing job building this world of, Astoria, Oregon, and all these kids and living in the goondocks and, you know, just living life. And then all of a sudden falling into this thing where they want to like, you know, rescue their, their family. I don't know. I, I agree. And I feel like also I'm, um, I feel like some kids innately have that in them that they feel like they always have to uh, help the people around them and save the people around them, even though they're young and they, they're helpless. And I felt like that, like when I was a little kid and I always felt like, oh, I have to save my family. I have to, you know, I don't want my mom to work three jobs. How can I make money as a little kid, you know? And yeah. I feel like little kids truly do feel like that. And this was one of those movies where like, you saw it was possible. These kids wanted to save their parents' homes and they just hand out gems. Yeah. And blooms to their family, like here you go. House yeah, there was is no, fine. Leave me there alone. There was no greed at the end. Like, Nothing. Even when they found they everything. Didn't even they were like, oh, we, we saved us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I just that was very beautiful, especially watching this back as an adult. It's really such a wonderful story about like the innocence of childhood, yeah. how important your childhood friends were, and how there was a time where kids were just they could be kids in whatever world they created yeah. for themselves. And it was yeah. just so eighties. It was like yeah. perfectly eighties, <laughs> perfectly eighties, perfectly eighties. Cool. All right. So, so recommend, is that what you're saying about this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Goonies never say die ever. Goonies never say die. We got to find that. You got to, we got to post that quote somewhere. We'll, we'll hand, hand it over to our social media person to like, yeah, post up that, she's that, very pretty. The, What's what's it? What, what was it? The the mantra? No, what was it? The the Goonies. Oh, there, there. I'll send it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Goonies oath. It was cut. The oath. Yeah. Come on. Know. How was it cut? Right. Find it on our. You can find it on our social media. We'll post. Yeah, it we'll post it. Yeah. And I also just want to say for the people that have not seen the Goonies and have listened to this episode, first of all, <laughs> what are you doing in your life? But second of all, it is you can't watch this movie and at the end of it not feel good. It's so yeah. feel good. It's well, got probably, everything. probably a better, probably a better thing to point to is for the parents out there who have young kids now, yeah. remember to show your kids the Goonies. Cause I feel that like there's like better, you know, actually it's really funny. I remembered another one and we'll do this in another episode, Okay, but, but to connect the dots in like a group of kid friends. But again, it was around baseball. It was like the, like the Sandlot. Oh God. How did yeah. we forget about that one? The Sandlot. Yeah. Hercules, the dog. He was like, Yeah. Might as well be a monster and the poor thing's just, I don't know what he is, maybe like a, a some type of dog. Um, one thing that is very funny that I forgot about until the end of this, um, Jeff Cohen, who plays uh, Chunk, Chunk, when he ran for president in college, he has all of his slogans and posters said Chunk for president and he won. 
Shocker. Of course he did. Of course he did. Don't you hate <laughs> to be the kid who's running Berkeley. against I think Trump? he was at UC Berkeley. Yeah. I think it's yeah. so funny. Imagine being the person who's like, oh, God damn. I'm running against Chunk I'm from the fucked. Goonies. I am not going to win. no way I'm winning this. I who doesn't love Chunk? I a Hawaiian shirt the whole yeah. time. Man, I think I'm gonna go, I want to go buy a Hawaiian shirt. By, by the way, they are expensive. Have you ever browsed around Tommy Bahama? They yeah, are. <laughs> my old boss used to exclusively wear Tommy Bahama. I'm like, Ooh, these shirts are like crazy. $100 a piece. How yeah. do you have 90 of them? <laughs> Because the, the patterns are so complicated. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Cook. Yeah. May he rest in peace. But By the way, yes, that's a reference you, you have yet it. to get because you haven't watched uh, I Think You Should Leave. Which I know. Uh, for, I need to. Yeah, I will, I will it. do it. Right now it. we're finishing up Barry. So hold on to your hats, people. We are. Uh, I'm plowing through Barry. We're, we're, we're revealing a little bit of like other episodes we're working on, but they're, they're coming. We have we have plans in place. And um, yeah, we're actually, and it's funny too, because we're, we're, we're planning out our episodes, by the way, just off topic, the episode over kind of thing for the listeners. But like, um, if you guys can't tell hearing me, like I lost my voice, I'm not just a different person sitting here. And I like voices. it. It's husky. It's, like it's, it. it's, it's, it's more sensual. I think. Yeah. It's at least sexy. You could be like yeah. Adam Carolla right now. <laughs> Wasn't that, he had the sex show sex oh yeah okay podcast? i was like i was like yeah has anyone ever said adam carolla's voice is sexy i don't no, know he's hey, on the sex hey. podcast with what's yes. the doctor doctor uh, dr drew yeah. dr drew love yes. line yeah love line oh, yeah. um yeah we should recreate that neither, no, neither of us are doctors or anything but uh, i think it would be i think i would give great advice yeah. <laughs> man did i tear through my 20s we were planning things out and it seems like our first season of this podcast will wrap up around like 24 episodes like a tv show from back in the day before yeah. the only 10 episodes so pansies yeah but we have it well, season two is like a week a week after that so don't worry we're, 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 and um do we drop the well there's a little we're gonna do a little adventure in may i think we may have mentioned it on another episode a yeah. while back yeah but. season two is gonna open with uh with with some exciting stuff a whole uh-huh. month yes hope you're into something something we'll tell you soon don't worry we'll tell you we'll tell you check the socials it'll be on there anyway yeah we have to we should promote those more we're we, like we have stuff like we're, we're giving away t-shirts and all these things we have, we have to like merch guys merch yeah. head over to our our instagram and we're on the tick and the talk oh, wow. and we're on the book of faces and we're always giving shit away yeah, to be clear, yeah. other podcasts like like oh we have merch and it's like are you, give us your money. That's that's what they're really asking. We, we're just giving shit. We're away. giving you our yeah. money. Yes, we spent money on stuff. We have a budget for this stuff. But uh, anyway. head on over. Anyway, good talk. I love All I love. Right, uh, guys. Thanks, thanks never for, say die. Goonies never say die. See you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Kyle. Can We Geek About is a new podcast from Gotham West. Each week, JJ and I will delve into the geekier side of pop culture, from our favorites in science fiction and fantasy, to new releases and even maybe rag on some absolute flops. We promise that even if you don't like what we have to say, you'll like how we say it. But anyway, can we geek about? Did you really need me here for this? I just needed a ride. (sighs) Can We Geek About? Give us a listen, subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts.